clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome into Simultaneous Catch, folks. My name's Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And I'm Josh Lapping. Oh, man. 18 weeks of the NFL over and done. It's always a blink of an eye, isn't it? Time flies and you're having fun. That's what they say. <laughs> certainly what they say. Uh, let's get right into it, folks. Let's get right into it. We've got a bunch of matchups to cover for Super Wild Card Weekend, the second ever Super Wild Card Weekend after the longest NFL season. There was crazy Black Monday stuff, and now we're heading into the NFL playoffs. So I'm going to start with my rant rave recall. And, uh, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to, this is technically going to count as a recall. Um, even though it was already obvious that this was over. Um, but in our simultaneous catch predictions episode, at the beginning of the year, I said that the Super Bowl would be the Rams over the Browns. Now, obviously the Browns aren't going to be in there, but there's one more team that's not going to be in there and it's not going to be the Rams either. So I, the whole first half of the game this past weekend in week 18, I felt pretty confident. I was like, okay, this is the Rams team that I expected to be heading to the playoffs, right? They were controlling the line of scrimmage. They had both Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers came back, so they were working both running backs in, Cooper Cup, OBJ, Higby, you know, Stafford, Willen, and Dillon. I think he only missed one pass in the first half. And I was thinking, okay, this is the team that I th- thought was going to go and win the Super Bowl this year. And I... They just, I don't want to say they fall apart, fell apart because obviously they went to overtime and they had a chance at the end there, but I just don't know if I believe in it anymore. I, I, I've always supported Matthew Stafford in his career. I've always rooted for him. I, you know, there, in, in a lot of ways, he's not really the typical quarterback that you would think that I would like. Um, but I just, there's something about him. I've always liked, <laughs> I've always liked watching him play. And, you know, I love Sean McVay and I really like the idea of everybody. You know, I like the idea of redemption stories. So, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. getting an, getting another shot in with the Rams and, you know, having a pretty good good start to his tenure there. I was ready to root for this team, right? But I just don't know if they have everything that they need to beat a team like the Packers. So I'm calling this my recall, although about halfway through the season, I think I felt this way. But I'm saying that it's not going to be the Rams that go to the Super Bowl in the NFC It'll be the Packers, and that's my recall. 
Oh, dang. That means uh, the Rams are going. Yeah, probably. <laughs> would be awful. No, I don't. I haven't believed in the Rams for quite some time, <laughs> nor have I believed in Matthew Stafford for even longer. So, welcome to the dark side. Welcome to the dark side. Well, like no, I'm, I was probably already on the dark side, so. You know what is a, a bummer about that? Not only did I pick the Rams to win the game, it was the second game of the year that I was rooting for the Rams because I really, as a selfish Packers fan, didn't want the 49ers in the dance because the 49ers give the Packers fits. And I was like, come on, Rams, do it. And and they let me down. They're definitely the team to be afraid of, that's for sure. They let me down, and I was disappointed by rooting for this dumb team that I'm like, yeah, like they can do it. They're going to do it. They're looking so good. And then they – fell on their face like they have pretty much for the last six weeks other weeks before this week they were able to get up off their face but not this time and it cost them. well it didn't even it didn't even really no. cost them anything that's that's no yeah too. i mean they still ended up winning the division but i think it does cost them though i said last week on the show i was like they need to go into this game they need to win this game to go into the postseason with confidence and i don't think they are and mcveigh comes out and says it doesn't mean bleep uh, but I think it does. I think it does mean something. I think it absolutely does as well. I I totally disagree with McVeigh on that. I understand. I understand the uh, oh, what's the word? I'm looking, the impulse to say something like that just to you know feign not feign, but just to you know show confidence in your team. But I absolutely think it matters. All right, I like that. I'm going to. Do a little bit of a of a rave about somebody that we uh, don't rave about often because I feel like we're often ranting about him. But I'm going to rave about Mr. Thomas Brady Jr. Yeah, yeah, here it's earned. Go ahead. I don't think I'm going to do it for the. I'm not going to do it for the. Oh, he, you know, threw for over five thousand yards at age fifty-eight. I'm not going to do it because, I mean, it, it's it's all great and well. But what I'm really going to do is I liked him screaming at the coaching staff that he wasn't going to come out of the game until he helped his buddy Rob Gronkowski, a guy that he convinced to come out of retirement to join him down in Tampa, get him his incentives by getting him the final catches that he needed. You know, because honestly, I don't even know if this is an unpopular opinion. It, it could be people might might love it but i've really not liked bruce arian since he's gotten down to tampa i think he's been like really arrogant yeah i think we're on lockstep think, on that one you know i just i don't understand cuz he he wasn't like that in arizona as far as i remember and he definitely wasn't like that when he took over in indy and so i just don't get where like this like pompous i'm going to swear and be all Belichick but different kind of ego thing came from but I, I don't like it but i really liked brady being like you know what i'm going in i'm gonna do this for my friend i i really i i appreciated that i 1000 percent agree with you and you, you're right we don't typically rave about tom brady in this show <laughs> for plenty of reasons um but i think that's a great point and that is my favorite thing about that though is he, you know, and it's obviously laced a little bit with everything that's happened and is happening with Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown really throwing Tom under the bus. But yeah, that's totally Tom is to- Tom is just proving that when you're his guy and you're there for him, he's there for you. And he's supremely loyal to that. And I a thousand percent respect it and also agree with you on the Arians thing. I think he could probably chill a little bit, but whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, so I I, I like that. that, that Me too. Well, let's get into the craziness, and we, we got to figure this out, man. Just what in the world happened with the Colts here? Like, I, I, I was watching this game because at 1 o'clock, it, it turned out actually there were a handful of pretty fun games at 1 o'clock, including the Steelers who ended up getting the playoffs, which we'll talk about when we cover the matchups, but... Jacksonville won this game on the first drive to me. They marched it all the way down on the very on the very first uh first drive of the game, 15 plays, 80 yards, 7 minutes and 12 seconds total, ending with a touchdown pass to the Quan Treadwell on the goal line. I mean, they right off the bat they's like, "No, we don't care who you are. We don't care that you need this game. We're going to beat you." And they just flat out beat them. So, I mean, it is shocking because, you know, we we talked about it last week. We were like, you know, for all these weird playoff scenarios that happened, the Jacks need to beat the Colts. <laughs> we kept dismissing it. <laughs> I mean, we did, but I also brought up the point, as did, you know, all the talking heads that the Colts struggled down in Jacksonville the last five years. I don't think they, they've won a game down there. That's true. And it, it reared its ugly head more so than anything. I definitely did not at the beginning of the game be like, oh, the the Jags did it when they went up by the the touchdown. You know, it, it's fun. It's it's great to bring up that stat about their their drive and whatnot, especially about a team that has really struggled on offense and maybe maybe give some glimmer of hope for for the organization moving forward. Those kind of things can really propel. I think that happened in in year one in Miami. They beat New England and kept New England from securing that first round by and I think it carried over a little bit into next year and whether or not you think momentum especially in a year's break kind of thing is real but who knows that we'll have to see as as week one rolls around what happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars and there's obviously a lot with head coaches and whatnot to talk about figuring all that down the road but yeah it it is a shock and and it's a bummer because you know, in my opinion, the teams that are in the playoffs obviously deserve to be in the playoffs. But I do feel like Indianapolis, and I, I feel the same way about the Chargers. There, I would rather see them in the playoffs than a couple <laughs> other teams too. So I'm kind of, I, I am disappointed. But Jim Irsay did come out and say changes needed to be made. I don't think, and there's no evidence to suggest that that means head coach Frank Reich or GM. Uh, I believe is. Chris Ballard, I think. Yep. Um, so they're they're looking like they're going to be there. I'm curious to see what they mean by changes need to be made. I don't know if that means coordinators. Um, you know, I think Eberflus is a great defensive coordinator that very well could be looking at a head coaching job. He'll probably year, get so looks. Changes, I would imagine he'll get looks. Changes could be coming, whether or not they wanted or wanted it or not. So, but you know, it's it's kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week of you know indianapolis dug themselves in such a hole in the beginning of the year and that's why we kind of wrote them off and then they were able to flip a switch and then they started winning games and they won close ones and they won games that they willed their way back in against baltimore that was that was great and that's kind of what made me feel like you know it, it's not necessarily over it was over in my opinion i texted you as soon as you know, they got down a fourth and goal at the one yard line and Jonathan Taylor couldn't get it in. I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Like, they couldn't they couldn't do it. That that's the end of the game right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we both had him pegged for the division and then we both recalled it. I, I, I actually 
you recall. I'm pretty sure you recalled it. I'm not. I know I did for for sure, and I went to the Titans. But you're right. I mean, they just they stumbled out of the gate, and they. I I will say up front at the beginning of the year, I did not recall. Okay, it. I wasn't sure or not, but regardless, you know, we we were both high on them, and then they struggled, and then they were hot, and then they're not. I mean, it was just so weird. And you're right. They have, for the most part. They've done a really good job, and you know I really like Frank Reich, and I like a lot of the things that they've done. It's just going to be interesting to see where this goes. Carson Wentz, you know, Dan Orlovsky on Get Up made a really great point about this: is that Carson Wentz was good this year, and he truly was. Carson Wentz was very good at times this year, for the most part, but he wasn't great. And the reason why you trade a first-round pick for a quarterback to bring them in to a team that should be Super Bowl ready overall is to be great, and he just wasn't. You know, there were there were a lot of things that went poorly for Indianapolis over the weekend. Their offensive line was dominated by the by the Jacksonville front. And if Jacksonville wants yeah. to be excited about a couple of things, one, it was the impressive play, play of Trevor Lawrence over the weekend, who finished with 223 yards and two touchdowns. Also had a handful of pretty nice uh, runs. And the play of their defensive front, which in the games that Jacksonville won this year, against the Colts and the Bills and the, the Dolphins, their line dominated the other line. So there's some bright spots there. I'll be interested to see who goes into Jacksonville, but I don't want to belabor the point on Indianapolis too much. The one thing I do want to po- talk about real quick, though, is I need your thoughts on the season finale because <laughs> I wanted it to be a tie so bad. I wanted it so bad. And if you look at, I mean, the comments that Rich Passaccia made at the end where he was like, yeah, we thought about the tie, but then, you know, they called a timeout. And so we set up and just ran and we ended up getting the first down and decided to kick it anyway. And like there's videos of uh, Justin Herbert saying to people on the sideline, I never wanted a tie so bad. And then there's a video of Austin Eckler talking to a a Raider player. And he was like, were you going to kneel it? Or, or were you going to, you know, just run out the clock or punt it or whatever? I forget what the exact words were. But basically, he was asking if you were okay with the time. The player was, like, shaking their head yes. I mean, it's bonkers. I, w- what were you thinking during the whole process? Yeah, I will get to that. But before I get to that, I do want to say there is some breaking news in the NFL oh right now. Oh, boy. Breaking news on simultaneous Ooh, catch was exciting. Yeah. And it's something that you were looking forward to, my friend. It's something you were saying, and that is that Joe Judge has officially been fired by the New York Giants, Ooh. according to Ann Rappaport wow. and Adam Scheffner. Both are reporting that. So Joe Judge survived Black Monday, but did not make it past Gray Tuesday. I want to make so. Gray Tuesday. I want to make this very clear to people listening. The only reason that Josh is saying that I was looking forward to it is is not because I have find joy in any person being fired or losing their job. Although these guys will be fine. They made a lot of they made a lot of money. It's mostly because <laughs> I vehemently disagree with the firing of Brian Flores and I thought it would be absolutely ludicrous for someone like Joe Judge, who's been pretty terrible in his first two seasons as a coach, to keep his job when Brian Flores has been pretty great in the last two seasons as a head coach. We can get to that, you know, when we cover the offseason and or have a little bit of time in the coming episodes, especially when hirings and interviews will happen. But I expected that. I well, I shouldn't say expected that. I it makes sense to me when you take into account other firings that happened. I, I mean, is am I incorrect in saying that? Um, I'm just I'm honestly shocked that it happened after only two seasons. I feel like you don't often see the guys come in and get 
I mean, we have seen it more in the last couple of years where, you know, I can't. That's true. Was it Steve Kime that only got one year? And then Freddie Kitchens got one year. Steve Wilkes. Joe Judge only gets Steve Wilkes. Thank Chip you. Kelly, um, even a handful of years ago, only got one year. Oh, in San Francisco. Well, yeah, but we kind of thought that was not a very yeah, that's good fair. <laughs> but you're right. It is but, very, very recently there have been a slew of one year to two year, you know, tries and then they're gone. So we will talk about that, but I thought I will get back to your question. You know, it's just exciting. We don't often get to break. That's news, true. And that happened You're only right. a, f- a few minutes ago. So there we have it. Simultaneous catch breaking Woo! news, which is cool. So the Sunday night closer of the season after 280 some games, you know, it came down to to the wire, and it, it certainly. You were, you were joking about before the game. You're like, is Neil Gate going to happen? I was like, no, they're going to score points, but they could just agree to like score the same amount of points. Yeah, and it kind of started feeling like that was going to happen. Yeah. It's like, how many fourth down conversions is Justin Herbert going to convert? And then, you know, the traded field goals in overtime and, and all that jazz. <laughs> it was a crazy game. It definitely was exciting, other than to Mike Tomlin, who says he dozed off during the game. He didn't, you know, care about that, it. That's his fake. There's no way. That's really no. That's fake. That's totally fake. There's no way. Listen, listen. I love Mike Tomlin. He's one of my favorite coaches, and he deserves oodles of credit for the coaching job he did this year, coaching the corpse of Big Ben to the playoffs. But that man was alert. And he probably had a half bo- drink bottle of whiskey next to him. Okay, there's no way he was dozing off. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> so it, it certainly was a fun one. Like I said, it, it congratulations to the Raiders for pulling it out. They have been a team that has been a, a roller coaster this year, just like so many other teams, and that's why the playoff race came down to to all these endings and whatnot. But they proved to be clutch when clutch was needed daniel carlson has been a heck of a kicker this year and has won them plenty of games so he certainly is kind of trying to become the next clutch kicker that if you need to be out there and send a guy out there for a 50 yarder he's gonna he's gonna be in a position to get it for you i don't know how do you feel about it all because it is it is pretty crazy that you know they were like we're going to be done. And then Staley's like, no, we're not. And then they're like, okay, guess we'll kick it. I I have two thoughts on the matter. And the first one is uh, Bill Simmons called the Raiders, the Mike Myers team. And the, the description he gave was, you know, we're eight movies in. We're like, wait, I thought you died. I thought it was over. I thought you guys were gone. Right. And you're somehow back. Right. So they just keep showing up. And you, even when you're done with them, it's pretty, pretty wild. And the second thing is we got, we got, we're getting robbed. I'm sorry. We, you know, Big Ben, I talked about you. I was emotional. I was emotional <laughs> last week, and it was very nice and touching your send off in Pittsburgh, and it should have ended there. We are so robbed, and I don't know how anybody can. Justin Herbert was so awesome in that comeback. Some of the throws that Justin Herbert makes, and I didn't get to watch a lot of Chargers football this year. You know, I was watching a lot of other games, and, you know, I live in North Carolina now, so I get all the Carolina and uh, NFC South games, right? They're just there was Justin Herbert is amazing to watch and it's so much fun and this team goes for it on fourth down all the time. It's exciting. We're getting robbed that we don't get to see Brandon Staley going for fourth downs in the super wild card round and Justin Herbert throwing darts and lasers to people. 
So th- that's my thought on it. I'm really I'm happy for Derek Carr. He did make the playoffs one other time in his career and didn't play because he was injured late in that year. And Connor Cook infamously came in and started that game. And I think it was his only start in his career. And, you know, I'm happy for him and for that team that rallied around each other despite all the circumstances. It's a good story. But I just – I feel like we're getting robbed. We have to watch Big Ben and the Steelers lose by 50 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't get to see Justin Herbert go toe-to-toe. Ooh, 50 <laughs> points. I'm, I'm being I'm – being, uh, facetious mostly but on in reality it is upsetting because you love to see your best quarterbacks in the in the matchups when they mean the most in the playoffs and i would really love to see justin herbert there i'm i'm pretty confident in the coming years we will get to see justin herbert a fair amount in the playoffs but i really wanted that tie at the end because i was like both these teams are fun they're entertaining and as happy as i am for some of the Steeler players like tj watt and you know mike tomlin coach I don't really want to watch Big Ben in the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to shock the world. You know, man. you know, uh, who knows? TJ Watt could tie the sack record. He could certainly wreak havoc on Patrick Mahomes, but I I I, I don't know. We doubted the Jags and they came around. So, regardless, last week you last week you asked me if I thought TJ Watt was going to break the record and there was that one tackle i don't know i don't necessarily i actually don't get it at all how it went wound up being registered as a tackle for a loss instead of a sack but that happened pretty early on i was like oh man like he's gonna yeah. do it and then well he it got changed he only needed like half and a I was sack like, in the second half and he didn't get any it's still pretty so, cool though although i will say um they'll hear it at the top of the show we didn't mention it i i forgot about this because i add this in post but probably your best friend's fortune you've ever had yeah thanks <laughs> pretty sure you know you win pals picks every year but i went you fortune, certainly so. you lap me in french friend's fortune lapping regardless let's move on to super yeah. wild card weekend because there are some really fun matchups and you know Every year, I think sometimes there tend to be a couple of matchups in the playoffs that you're like, okay. I mean, in last year, the Washington football team and Tampa Bay game ended up being pretty fun. But when you looked at it, you're like, oh, that's yeah, probably not the best matchup. But we've got some doozies of, of matchups here in Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, do we just want to go through one by one or do we want to pick like, ooh, this is one of my favorites. I'm excited for this one most or how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I mean, there are six games to cover. So I think go we can talk them, yeah. about those. So let's so. go through them in order. Uh, Saturday doubleheader, January 15th at 4.30 on NBC. We've got the Raiders traveling to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And then at 8.15 CBS, we have the Patriots for the three-peat in Buffalo. So let's start with the Raiders. Ooh. Let's start with the 10-7 and 7 Raiders and the 10-7 and 7 Bengals. What are our initial thoughts about this game? When you say the records and they're matching identical records for the teams, it just doesn't really at all. Correct. Yeah, at all. And in theory, I mean, the Bengals weren't really even trying in the last game, so they could be an eleven-win team. But I digress. But still, even if you said that the Bengals only won one more game than the Raiders, I'd be like, get out. Well, here. the Raiders were six and seven a while back, and they went on a four-game win streak. I agree with you. It's kind of nuts. 
But I feel like, you know, I am discrediting what, what Vegas was able to do this year. And kudos to them. They, Like I said, they, I guess they deserve to be in this game because of, of a win streak like that. And they've been through so much this year between all the drama of this and that and this and that. And they've been able to overcome it. And I, I really do respect that and tip my cap to them. I, I hope this is a fun game. I think it, it should be. I think Derek Carr probably is smart enough as a quarterback to not make Cincinnati's defense look uber spectacular. So I do think, you know, they'll be able to score some points and put up some things. I think Hunter Renfro has really started to impress me even more. He he definitely has had a better under-the-radar career than than I've really ever acknowledged, but I think he's definitely coming on right now. Darren Waller did play last week, so I think him being back will be huge as well. And Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, ran like he hasn't run since his rookie year last last week against That's the Chargers. That's a good point. That's a good that point. Was, that was good. That was really good to see, in my opinion. Yeah, I I hesitate to say that I think the Bengals should win this comfortably because, like I just said, every time I count out the Raiders. They come back. <laughs> oh, man, I really was going to try to hold on that sneeze. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, anytime I count out the Raiders, I sneeze and get smited. No, but every time I want to think that the Raiders are going to get outmatched or outplayed, they show up and either win outright or at least come in with a good contest. So I really don't know. They haven't lost since, I think, before Thanksgiving because they beat the the Cowboys when they were 6-7 and seven to go to 7-7. Seven and seven. And, yeah, they won out the rest of the year. So I I think I feel pretty confident about the Bengals regardless. But it should be a fun matchup between two quarterbacks who are, are pretty good right now. I like that what you said about Josh Jacobs for sure. You know, he certainly was on and off for a lot of the season and he had a couple of injuries here or there. I don't know if he missed too many games because I feel like we only got one Peyton Barber play in fantasy football. Which, by the way, guys, uh, we didn't win third place in fantasy football. So that's sad. Uh, <laughs> but... I feel like if I were forced to pick Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, C.J. Uzama, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on in terms of their offense, and I just feel like that's overpowering for a Raider defense who's, you know, a Raider defense whose strength is more on the run defense than the pass defense, although their defense is, is pretty solid overall. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel pretty confident in the in the Bengal offense versus this defense. I do agree with you. All of those names you just said, and Jamar Chase has been spectacular all year, but maybe no more so than the last game that they actually legitimately tried to play. You know, there's a reason that Burrow threw for like 500 yards against Kansas City was because he could throw it six yards to Jamar T- Chase, and he took it 70, and it was crazy and really cool to see and really fun. But I, I, I will pick the Bengals. Uh, on this one but i will say i've picked against vegas pretty much every week since thanksgiving <laughs> and they've just proved me wrong every single time so i don't know well to be fair i think most people have picked against them for those things uh but joe burrow did finish the season with 70 percent completion percentage which is number one in the nfl for this year he had the highest completion percentage to go along with 4600 yards 34 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Joe Mixon did finish the year with 1,200 yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. And then, like you said, um, Jamar Chase has just been a monster uh, with the receiving yards, especially having that huge game two weeks ago. So we'll see what happens. We did mention, you know, 
Josh Jacobs coming on strong the last couple of weeks, and Darren Waller will be back. So I won't be so shocked if this comes down to the last play. I hope all of them do. <laughs> I, I I think, you know, infamously a few years ago, you said that the – what round did you say was the best weekend? So they tend to they was- tend to say that the divisional <laughs> round is the best weekend in football. And the theory behind it is that there's more games or there's there's the same amount of games as wildcard weekend, which is I think different now because there's an extra team. But regardless, there's the same amount of games that that than the first week. So you're not losing it. Doesn't even and it's matter. supposed to be better you're competition. Wrong. I feel like usually those are trash weekends. <laughs> I think wild card weekend is the best. Weekend. Last week it certainly. So last year, last year it certainly was. I feel like the last since we've been doing this podcast, it's always been that way. Well, I don't have time I to think, check that. <laughs> I I do think that really only one game am I considering this week to not be that good. Which so is, I think this is going to be a good one. Uh, the San Francisco Dallas game is the one I'm thinking. Ooh, of I can't excited. wait to talk about it. No, I can't wait not, to talk. Not really. I actually, that's the one I'm most excited. about. Okay. Honest, so. <laughs> All right. Well, we both we're both leading Bengals in this one. We'll move on to the second matchup of Saturday: the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. How a three-peat. Um. Yeah, this is gonna be crazy. I mean. Mac Jones, rookie quarterback in his first ever playoff game, finishes the season 22 touchdowns, 13 picks, only 3,800 yards. Obviously, they didn't really rely on Mac Jones, but he started every game. As did Josh Allen, who finished the season with 4,400 yards, 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, the big story for Buffalo is Devin Singletary in the run game being pretty awesome the last couple of weeks. And the defense that I do want to – Finally. The defense that I do want to point out, because we've talked about this through – most of the most of the year and early on and I know that especially on the episode that I wasn't on you talked about them it kind of being a fake stat with all their their high numbers and everything like this but I want to point this out despite all of that despite oh they they got fat on these games and this games every team has played all their games now right so every team has played easy games and every team has played hard games right regardless of how they came out Buffalo still finishes first overall in the NFL in total defense Total yards per play, passing yards, passing yards per play, first downs allowed per game, third down conversion rate allowed, and points per game. So, despite all these games that, you know, they played the, the worst team, many other teams played those teams and still didn't finish first. So, I think this is a matter of can Mac Jones get it done against our defense? And before I answer that, I'll pass it to you, my friend. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. You know, it's uh it really is. I I think this game has has kind of changed in a little bit in, in a lot of ways because as, you know, Tom Brady's left New England and Josh Allen and the Bills have emerged, you know, it's kind of become like Buffalo versus KC is is the new thing, but like this is like the OG David and Goliath right here. Yep, that's Maybe very true. Some different with some different faces and everything, but like this is, you know, say even I don't I don't even go back ten years ago. Go back five years ago, and you'd be like, "This is this is what we're we're going for. This is what we want it to be. This is so huge for for so many reasons for for the East and for the legacy and the rivalry between these two teams and the Buffalo can't get this off their back and and whatnot." 
this is this is an exciting one. And I think there's a reason that this was put in the Saturday night slot because it is going to be, you know, prime time Saturday. You know, we're not going to the entertainment movie because this is going to be the big entertainment for for the weekend and whatnot. So I, I'm really excited about this. I, I I hope it turns out to be a good game. I think it will be. And, you know, it, we could say it comes down to Mac Jones because he's the quarterback on the team. But I think this is really going to be not – this is Bilicek versus McVeigh or uh, McDermott, excuse me. So, you know, I think this is the head coaches going at each other more so than – even their quarterbacks, because I think it's just going to be, they have to be smart and they need to have their game plans put exactly in a place. We'll see. Um, it, it, it It's weird to say because Miami just swept New England, but is it is it possible to beat Bill Belichick two times <laughs> in, in three tries and whatnot? <laughs> so, good, you know, it's going to be and it doesn't, exciting. It doesn't follow any narrative for the three-peat matchups. You know, we have actually have another one of these this weekend when the Rams and the Cardinals play as well. But very often it's, oh, the one team lost twice and they come back and they win this matchup, right? Stuff like that. But I don't know what the narrative is when one each team lost on their home turf to the other team. Uh, so I, it's pretty fascinating. And you're right. I do think coaching is definitely going to matter because Bill Belichick's going to throw everything at the wall in this game. But what's fascinating to me is that the weather is going to have to be monitored very closely for this game. And I I really didn't want this to be a night game. And this is like a weird thing for sure. But I was afraid of this being at night in the cold in January in Buffalo. Because I really believe that was the reason why we lost the first matchup on Monday night. Because the wind was just nuts. And their team is better suited for that. Which is weird to say for a team that has a quarterback that you know has one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in, in the NFL arms. But... I really do think it comes down to because the weather doesn't look like it's going to be too crazy. I think it's going to be. I think Josh. Oh man, no! I heard oh really? Like it was going to be a crazy. <laughs> oh no! Here we game. go. <laughs> it's going to be insane, man. They got it on a Saturday and not a Sunday. Have to go and work on Monday. Um, but I, we won't belabor this for the sake of brevity. I'm just going to say this: I do feel like it's going to come down to Mac Jones has to make the throws when it matters, and I don't think it'll happen. I. I'm not going to get cocky about it, but if I really had to boil it down to one sentence, it would be, I don't think Mac Jones can get it done quite yet. And that's what I would say. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, looking at the weather right now, and it's supposed to be, it's a cold. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. It's supposed to be 10 degrees. Oh, man. But it's supposed to be PM sun. I would so give anything. The snow. I would give anything just to be in Buffalo for this game. But alas, I will make my debut at a Bills playoff game in the future. So let's move on from Saturday after the two crazy AFC match. I didn't even make my. Oh, pick. sorry. Go ahead. Jeez. You're, I'm at you're, wait, you're waiting because you're going to pick New England, aren't you? No, I'm actually going to, for similar reasons that you said, um, pick Buffalo. Similar to how I picked against Buffalo a couple of years ago, because I just think right now they haven't been there and done that with this team. I think Mac Jones is going to be fine. I think he he will make throws. I think the team's going to make plays. But at the end of the day, Buffalo has been here and done this 
more so than this New England Patriots squad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. So if this if the this plays out the way we say the Bengals win and the Bills win, then the winner or the the if the Chiefs were to win on Sunday night, then that means that the Bengals would go to Tennessee and Buffalo would then play Casey. So that'd be interesting matchups right there for sure so after the two afc matchups on saturday we start with two straight nfc matchups on sunday at one o'clock fox is philly versus tampa bay philly i go into philly you know what i am obviously excited for a lot this is my favorite matchup of the weekend i oh yeah i listen i have grown to become quite fond of this Philadelphia Eagles team and Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and you know I th- I really actually like the receiving core. I know that Jalen Rager gets dunked on constantly on social media because he tends to have cases of the drops. But I actually like what well, I I like uh, Jalen Rager. I like Quez Watkins. I love Devonta Smith. He obviously broke the the rookie receiving yardage record for Philly this past weekend. Nick Nick Sirianni was very keen on making sure he got that and then took him out of the game. I liked our run game. We, you know, we relied on Boston Scott in a playoff matchup, and that was really fun. You know, I, I just, I really like this team, and I like some of so, some of the makeup of of what they are as a hard nosed football team. They win at the line of scrimmage, and that's how they win games. And you know, people are gonna make light of the fact that Dallas beat them up in the past week, but like that was like their JV squad and some their third string at some places but I really like this Philly team and as much as I respect Tom Brady and I don't hate him anymore if you think that I don't still root against him in every playoff matchup you're (laughs) out of your mind (laughs) Um, so I will be rooting for Philly in this and this is I'm really excited for this which means it's gonna be a blowout but you know I'm still excited right now uh yeah I it very well could be. I don't expect it to be. This is uh, another repeat rematch from earlier in the season. Tampa did best Philadelphia 28-22. to was that, a th- that was a Thursday night I game, that was, I think. I believe it was yeah. a Thursday night game, yeah. Uh, but that was before. That was probably the game where we, you know, everyone started screaming, like, run the dang football. And Sirianna was like, you know what? Like, we've lost it was. so many I came games. On, Maybe we'll start running the I came football. On and rant, I came on and ranted after that game. I remember it. They have started finally running the football. Best team in the NFL to do so. And Tampa is, is still hurting. They still obviously aren't going to have Chris Godwin because he is out for this entire run no matter how far they go. Leonard Fournette, as of right this moment, is is not looking to be back quite yet. So they still have some things going on there in Tampa. If there was a team to pull off an upset of this kind of fashion, I do think it is Philadelphia because of, of their running style. Oh, I stand corrected. Leonard Fournette is expected to be back this week. So I, I, I apologize about that. That surprises Leonard me. Fournette I didn't expect should. that. I will say that. I did not expect it either, but that is that is the news right now coming out of Tampa. So they'll be getting some reinforcements there. But I do expect this to kind of be – I'm not saying that Philadelphia and New England are connected anyways, but I think Sirianni is going to pull a bill check. I think he's just going to try to run as much as he can and keep Brady over there on the sidelines and, and have his defensive front just try to get the pressure that you need to do. 
there there's a great blueprint out there right now how to beat this Tampa team and not a lot of teams have done it but the four times that they have lost there there are key ways to do it and that's pressure Brady and keep him off the field right well Philadelphia has a defensive front that can challenge to do that and they obviously have a running game so they they had the keys to pull off this upset if it's possible yeah and Tampa Bay's game with Tom Brady you know, is get the ball out fast. Now, sometimes he still gets the ball out fast deep down the field, but he does it fast. And now that he has less and less weapons every week, you know, missing, regardless of who ends up being back, missing Godwin and AB matters a lot. And we saw it in the games that they've struggled down the stretch here, especially against the Jets. Um, so Philly can dominate the line of scrimmage and make it a game. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay, but I actually think this will be a close game. I'm also taking Tampa Bay because of Tom Terrific. But like I said, if there was an upset brewing this weekend, I think it is this one. So we are in lockstep so far for the first half of Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's head to the 44th, 43rd, 4.30 matchup on CBS. We've got the San Francisco 49ers traveling. Uh, It's also on Nickelodeon. Oh, I love it. And Prime Video, Amazon, and Paramount+. Plus. Uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, the 12-5 Dallas Cowboys, division-leading Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers who snuck in on the last week of the NFL season in Week 18. You jokingly said this is the one, <laughs> this was the matchup that you weren't looking forward to, and then you said you were looking forward to it. How do we feel about this game? And I- Yeah, this is the game I'm most excited about this weekend. I'm not going to lie. I think this should be a good one. I, I, I'm really, you know, the 49ers were my... NFC West divisional champs at the beginning of the year. They're the team I picked. Um, Obviously, some things didn't go quite as planned, but they were able to get in and get in in a really dramatic fashion of of having that comeback and and winning that game against their, their division rival nonetheless to get into the playoffs. This is a tough team because they still bring that ferocious defensive front. They still have some weaknesses on the back end that I think Dallas can exploit. But it, it's going to come down to if the 49ers defensive front can rattle Dak. And outside of the Washington game where you were talking about, I won't even say the Philly game because they did beat up on their second, third, fourth stringers. But they hung with them for a little while as well. But Dak has magic. been rattled a little bit. And down down this stretch of, of having some lulls at the end of the year. And I, I think 49ers can exploit that a little bit. And they have a ferocious running game. Obviously, that's going to meet the Dallas defense. This is just a game I'm so darn excited about. We're renewing a rivalry from the 1990s. Yeah, that's that for sure. Obviously, we weren't around to, to watch. We just know the history and the lure. But it's going to be it's going to be exciting. That's going to be pumped up real big. Yeah, and, you know, I I, I warned our, 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 our nice Dallas Cowboys friend, Michael Mikas, that I was going to share part of a text thread in the episode. So after the matchups were set, I said 49ers, and he said, I told you, I believe. I was like, that's the matchup you want? And I'm quoting, he said, yes, easy. The quarterback is not good and known for errant passes. So, I again, I, 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 I said I would share it. I'm really worried about this game for Dallas because I think the 49ers are one of, if not the most dangerous team in the NFC right now because of everything that they have. Now, again, Jimmy G has been known for Aaron passes, especially more recently. He did finish the year with 12 interceptions. Um, 
But, I mean, this team runs the ball, pounds, pounds the rock, Elijah Mitchell, the rookie. Uh, obviously, they've had Jeff Wilson, and the guy that we're not even mentioning yet is Debo Samuel, who had the most rushing touchdowns for a wide receiver in, like, what, was it, like 60 or 70 years? And then he finished with 1,400 receiving yards and six touchdowns as well. He's a monster. I'd be terrified of him. I think the real big thing to me is not if they can rattle Dak, because I think that they probably could at times, but overall, I expect Dak to actually have a pretty good game. For me, it's if this Dallas defense going to show up. Because the Dallas defense has monsters on their team. And none bigger than Micah Parsons, who finished the year with 13 sacks, three pass defenses, three forced fumbles. I mean, he was 20 tackles for a loss, 30 quarterback hits. I mean, the man is a wrecking crew. And, you know, they have other guys on their line as well that are very scary. And they have some good linebackers. And obviously they have Trayvon Diggs, who is an animal as well, with 11 interceptions, two returns for touchdowns. So, I mean, they have some guys on this team. And for me, the defense for Dallas has to show up because San Fran's going to come out. You know Shanahan with his crazy offensive system is going to have all kinds of plays for Debo, for Elijah Mitchell, and to for George Kittle. They're going to have plays for all this stuff. Can Dallas and Dan Quinn, who is getting head coaching interest again, buzz after one year back at defensive coordinator, which is funny because we talked about him being way better defensive coordinator than a head coach, and so they're like, let's make him a head coach again. Um, but... Can Dan Quinn and this defense show up and shut down the 49ers? Can they force, like Mike said, Jimmy Garoppolo into those errant passes? I don't know. I, this is a hard game for me. And I think that's why it's so exciting to of a prospect of a game. I will say I want to look up one thing real quick. I just want to uh, remember or uh, confirm you. You were saying you don't know if it comes down to the defensive front of 49ers of San Francisco. Yeah, I saying, I'm saying I don't know if I believe that it comes down to San Francisco uh, harassing Dak. While that's obviously important for any matchup against a good quarterback, I, I expect Dak to play well no matter what. My worry is can Dallas press the 49ers offense? Sure, and, and I do think that will happen. But Dak Prescott fumbled the football 14 times this year. In a 17-game season, that's a one per game, and that's not obviously how it happened. There were times when he didn't fumble, and sometimes he fumbled tw- two times or whatnot. But if San Francisco, it, it you know, you can talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and not having the most great touch on the football right now with his thumb injury and whatnot. But if, if that defense is able to capitalize and give him short fields with that running game— and you add in Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk is finally turning it on. And you know what? The under guy that's flying under the radar right now, George freaking Kittle. Like, where's that guy been? But he, no one's talking about him because everyone's like, oh, Debo Samuel, so cool. Like, look at this new toy that they have. George Kittle can still do almost anything that he wants to on the football field. So, you know, if, if Nick Bosa or any of the plethora of pass rushers they had there can get a quarterback that has had fumbleitis this season to fumble the football – they're going to be fine. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, too. And Dak Prescott was sacked, I believe, 30 times, um, which is not a crazy high number uh, for the season. There are plenty of other quarterbacks who are sacked a lot. But Joe, Joe Burrow is actually, I think, number one. Yeah, he is with 51 times that he was sacked. Um, but Dak Prescott is in the top 20, which is actually not crazy. But 
I'm talking myself out of a bad stat here. Regardless, I, <laughs> I truly just think it's going to come down to Dallas's defense. And, you know, all I have plenty of friends and family who are Cowboy fans. Like I said, our beloved Mike Mikas. And I promised my cousin that I would pick against you guys for the rest of the year because every time I did, I was wrong. So I'm going to pick the 49ers. There we go. Well, I uh, have nothing to do with that bet, so I don't. I don't care. It's not even a bet. I have nothing to do with that that promise or whatnot. I'm taking the 49ers <laughs> just because I think they're going to win. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well, we'll see what happens in that one. But I am at definitely very excited for that matchup as well. So let's go to the third and final matchup of Sunday Super Wild Card Sunday. Yeah. The Steelers traveling to the Chiefs. We were robbed of yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah, this is the game of the weekend, everybody. The Chiefs are going to win by 30. Yeah, you know, I, I will say. <laughs> I, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean, but it feels that way, right? Like, I'm not crazy for saying. I know I'm joking mostly. I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, I they they won by, what, like 26? It was uh, a big number, that's ago. for sure. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be as high as that again this week. At least I hope so because it'll be a really lame way to end the Sunday of football if if that is the case. One thing that could be – I don't I don't truly mean this, but, you know, talk about uh, curses and whatnot. Well, Kansas City fans are kind of dubbing Sunday night the retirement party of Ben, and I feel like, you know – when teams do that, when they go and dance on the logo or people, people like, make these, what these are crazy you doing? Things. Yeah, they're <laughs> saying it's Big Ben's official retirement party. So you, you are poking the bear, <laughs> poking the bear. It didn't ah. work last week against the Ravens when they played the the sack montage. Unbelievable! We'll see, oh, I can't even. We'll I see. Can't even. Well, now I think I have no, to pick the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm still gonna pick Kansas City. You know, their defense has really flipped a switch and I think it's going to continue. I don't think as well as Big Ben has threaded the needle when he's absolutely needed to. And when I say that it hasn't been very often, I don't think they're going to allow him to do that this week. I think they're going to bottle up Najee Harris who has had obviously a very good rookie campaign, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with the Kansas city offense as good as Pittsburgh defenses, because I think, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're just going to exploit those those matchups. Yeah, Big Ben has been sacked 38 times this year, which is seventh in the NFL, so that stat does matter. Um, it's, an offense, it's an offense and a team that has a formula to victory, right? And it's the only formula they have. It's play good defense, run the ball, quick ball control pass offense, right? They're not able to protect long enough for Ben to – Find open throws, and Ben's not able to thread a needle like he used to. And their formula is keep the game close to the end of the game and hope that your eventual Hall of Fame quarterback, Big Ben will be a Hall of Fame quarterback, hope that your eventual Hall of Fame quarterback can make a couple of plays at the end to win. Are there people that dispute that? Yeah, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I know the peop- there are people who listen to the podcast who hate Big Ben. But regardless, I'm just saying that that's what happened the last couple of weeks, right? That's what happened when they won last week. They kept it close. They ran the ball, ball control. Big Ben completed a ton of passes for a really short amount of yardage. And in the end, he made a couple of really nice plays and throws to win the game. I mean, it's that's what it is. Uh, but obviously, you're right. Najee Harris did have a great rookie year, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. He also had 74 catches on 94 targets, 
which is pretty nuts for three other touchdowns as well. But they're all short yardage because he finished with 467 yards, so 6.3 yards per reception, which is pretty low for for somebody with receptions. So he's obviously a security blanket for Ben. They'd run a lot of screen game with him and Deontay Johnson and end arounds with Chase Claypool, but I just don't think there's enough firepower. We don't have to belittle this game anymore. I do think Kansas City wins handily, so I will pick Casey. There we go. All right. Kansas City. And our first ever wild card Monday night football, which will be on ESPN one and two and plus and ESPN Deportes and ABC as well. The second three-peat of the weekend, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Los Angeles to face the super team, the Rams, who we both said we don't believe in anymore. How about this matchup? The team that was all in. Yeah, this feels like, I don't know, this should be really exciting. This is, you know, we are saying this is, again, a, a divisional matchup. Both games, they they did split down the middle. Both games were one touchdown affairs, so neither team was like, oh, we ran away with it and we dominated them, which I think could lead to some good, exciting Monday Night Football. But I don't know. Like, I feel like this should be a game where, like, oh, man, this could be so exciting, but, like, I don't have the same level of excitement I have for this game as I do for other games. Tell me why I should. I agree, but I will say this. The, the number one reason, and you did mention it, that the games are close. The games are always close between these teams. Even when the games didn't matter between these teams, they were exciting and fun. Even when it was John Skelton starting for the Arizona Cardinals, these teams played close. I, I, I just fully believe that this game is going to be wild and exciting for no other reason other than it's these two teams, it's Cliff Kingsbury, and it's Sean McVay, uh, one of one of Sean McVay's disciples going against him, really. Um, I truly believe that Cl- Cliff Kingsbury's offense and who he is comes directly from what Sean McVay had taught him. So I, I think it's going to be exciting. And, you know, as much as we chagrin Matt Stafford and you don't like him, he did finish the year with 4,900 passing yards, 41 touchdowns. Uh, he did have 17 interceptions. Excuse me, sorry. But 41 touchdowns is a lot. And Sony Michelle has come on really strong. And they're going to have Cam Akers back. And they still have... Cooper Cup, who we didn't even really talk about, but obviously broke all kinds of records this past weekend. And they still have Tyler Higby and OBJ is still good. And then you have Kyler Murray on the other side who missed a lot of time, but still threw for 24 touchdown passes and ran the ball pretty darn well as well. I think he had uh, five rushing touchdowns. Yeah, five rushing touchdowns. And then our our McDowell eerie guy, James Conner, with 15 rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns, so 18 total touchdowns. I mean, this is two high-octane offenses, and they definitely both have stars on both sides of the ball defensively. But they're two high-octane offenses on Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend. I will be more – I would be – out of all the games this weekend, this would be the game that I'd be most shocked if it wasn't high-flying and high-scoring. I think that there other teams – and games have potential for that, but I'd be pretty shocked if this if both teams wouldn't score in the high twenties, low thirties at least in this game. See, I, I I feel like I want to agree with that, but I just feel like Arizona's been such a shell of itself. Yeah, when the they, last when, handful of weeks, and so is LA. Like out LA is like, oh, we can we can put up seventeen real quick, but like either they have to do it at the end because they've been turning the football over or they get it right away and then they're like, Oh, we won't do it. Yeah, when they lost D Hop, it mattered a lot. That's a that was a that was a blow to them for sure. But I don't know. I just 
and maybe I'm just crazy for this, right? I could be totally wrong. I'm often very wrong if you listen to the show. And they've lost, what is it, one, two, three, four out of their last five, I think, to finish the year the Cardinals have. So it's not as though they're, you know, raging into the playoffs here. Um, they got to 10 wins on December 5th, and it took over a month to get their 11th win. So, you know, I'm not picking the Cardinals. I'm picking the Rams right now. I'll tell you that right now. But I still feel like it's going to be high-flying. I think that both guys are going to pull out all the stops. They like playing against each other. It matters to these two really close friends who wins. And I think that that will translate to a good game. And maybe it's more wishful thinking than not um, for your best weekend of football every year. Um, But I, I think the Rams win in a very close game. Okay, this is this is a tough one for me to pick, honestly. Uh, just because I don't, I just I don't like I said I don't feel good about really either of these teams, which is is weird because at one point in the season both were touted as oh man these this, this team's gonna represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and whatnot, and you know the Rams have obviously ended on a quote higher note in terms of wins, but I haven't liked their performances and whatnot. I, I. For for the sake of us not all being the same across all six games, I'll pick Arizona. Okay, I feel like Arizona okay. is, is is due to pick pick one up here. I think LA's time, you know, they they pushed all the chips in and, and they got a they got a five of spades right now. So like they, <laughs> they tried holding on as long as they could, but it it's it's not gonna it's not their hands not gonna win this time. Yeah, we almost ran the table there, which I don't think I think is pretty rare for the two of us, especially in the playoffs. So we took every home team until the last couple of games where you took San Francisco and now Arizona two road teams, and then I of course also took San Francisco. I think it should be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for all of it. It'll be a, a long and crazy weekend and. Again, the NFL just continues to do it right. Every game gets its own spotlight, and it starts Saturday afternoon. It doesn't end until Monday night. It's going to be super fun and exciting, and we'll be here covering it all. All right, my friend. You got a friend's fortune? Oh, my gosh. We're already at friend's fortune. Yeah, man. We're already at friend's fortune. Yikes. We are rolling right now. Um, I I, I was not prepared right. for that. I'll, do, I'll, yeah, I'll sure. do my friend's fortune first. Okay. You're going to yep. go first? All right. Three, okay, two, one. Perfect. All right, my friends, friends fortune. If you think that I'm foolish enough to do a friends fortune about the bills when every single time I do that, I'm laughably wrong in a horrible way, then you're out of your minds. My friends fortune this weekend is even though we think that there's one obvious blowout this weekend, I don't think there'll be a single blowout the entire weekend. So I'm saying every game will be with at least a 10-point game. So every the, the, no game will reach more than a 10-point victory. Everything will be 10 points or under. All right, I'm back. There we go. That was smooth as silk, my friend. I try my best, you know. All right. All right, I'm going to go right now. All right, everybody. So I'm going to go to that game we were just talking about, the Rams versus, or actually, I guess you should say the Cardinals versus the Rams because the Rams are hosting the Cardinals. In their first matchup, the Cardinals were able to run the ball very, very, very well. 
Their second matchup, they were not able to run very well at all. I'm going to say that since I picked the, the Cardinals to win, I think the Cardinals will get back on track with running the football. And I think they will do so to the tune of over 200 total rushing yards against the Rams in their win. All right. You know, I realize my problem with Friends Fortune is that more often than not, I say things that I hope happen rather than fully research and infer what could happen based off of information. I think that's my problem. Well, you know, you know, after four seasons of doing this, you're finally learning your mistakes. So <laughs> it's got to happen every now and then, right? You can't be stupid forever. Regardless, I only have one tidbit, my friend. You got any? Uh, I do not have a tidbit. Okay, my no. own, my one tidbit is that Buffalo has 11 wins this year. Every single victory that Buffalo has had has been over 10 points. For a while, it was actually 15 or more, but it's at least 10 point every single victory this year and every single loss minus the Colts debacle has been a one possession game. So Buffalo's either going to lose close or win by a lot. So fingers crossed. (laughs) All right. And I do have a cold read for you. Ooh, here we go. Going to put you on the spot. Let's say for whatever reason that New England wins this game. Is it going to ruin the rest of the wild card weekend for you? That's a really good question. I will say there have been times this year where I haven't been as worried or as upset when we lost because I knew we were going to make the playoffs or at least felt super confident about it. But Except for that one. Yeah, well, uh, except for that one half, right? <laughs> but now that we're here... I am super anxious about it. I will be very upset Saturday night if we lose. I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. But I don't think it will ruin my whole weekend. And and maybe that's more wishful thinking than not. I'm walking on wood right now. I don't think it will ruin my weekend. I think that I'll have a tough night and a really sad morning. I might mope around and read. But I think I'll get <laughs> over it before kickoff for the rest of the weekend. I, I hope that that's true. I hope that it won't matter um, and that we win anyway. Um, but... I, th- I like to think I've come a long way from my don't talk to me the rest of the day phases after Buffalo loses. There we go. Well, that is my number two game of the weekend that I'm most excited about. It so. should be pretty great. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode. I will quick update on the run your pool, which a lot of people have stopped picking because they're not close. But there are still four <laughs> there there are still four or five people that pick every week, and I am officially on top of the leaderboard by two games. Although yeah, our sure. Dallas Cowboy friend Mike Meekus went 14-2 and two this past weekend. I also want to point out nice. that I'm 75% sure, and I'll double-check this, that playoff games are worth two points each. So, Oh, you're saying I could still win? Well, I mean, you're 40-24, and 24 and I'm 177-95, and 95, so no, I don't think you can. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, hey, you're still better than uh, the two people who are 9-7 and seven and 7-9, seven and nine, respectively, who only picked one week. <laughs> but regardless, there is still a, a jersey on the line if you guys were going through the playoffs and it's two points each. So it, I said Mike is 10 games behind. There's a couple people who are a little bit more than that. But you can very easily catch up if we have bad weekends. So it, it, it right now it's me and... Viscesta, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry about that. My bad. Um, but it's it's still on the line here. And actually, 
I think I've had the best season picking games ever. So, you know, it, it's I could falter because I'm normally bad at this. Boom. All right. Anything else, my friend? That is all for me. Thanks for tuning in to Simultaneous Sketch, folks. He's Joshua Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Enjoy Super Wildcard Weekend, the best weekend in the NFL.